Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ed Flood writes, I love the pitch clock. The one thing I want to say is shouldn't they have some time to gather themselves if they have to jump out of the box after falling or avoiding a pitch like Pete had to on Tuesday afternoon? Should have time to take your breath and gather yourself. Otherwise, I love it. Yeah, I I think there's going to be, and that's fair from it. I think there's going to be examples that you can absolutely come up with where you say, eh, can you give him an extra timeout? Can you let, that guy almost got drilled in the head. Do we really need to force him to jump back in the batter's box within five seconds? Because think about it. Guy already used his timeout. Right, already used his timeout. And on the third pitch, a fastball buzzes him by the head. Doesn't hit him, buzzes him. Catcher immediately throws the ball back to the pitcher. The clock will restart as soon as that ball is thrown back to the pitcher. That poor son of a bitch who just got dusted has to get his ass up and get right back in that box immediately. I think that's a very fair point by Ed. And by the way, that kind of discourse on the pitch clock, totally understandable. Like, I, I get that. I think that's that's a great example. Uh, maybe we can almost give an umpire's discretion, if you will, where the umpire can say, all right, hold on, timeout, 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 timeout. Like the umpire is calling a timeout. Like the umpire is saying, timeout is on me. Give me a second. I don't know, just an idea. But I see that, I, I can see how that would be an issue. Kind of like when a foul ball goes off a, a catcher or whatever, and the, the the umpire is timed out, walks the ball out to the pitcher, stuff like that, gives them a couple seconds. So I guess that they can still do that, right? Or is that illegal too? Can they when a foul Walk ball a- catcher? Yeah, because it's not illegal because the umpire is not throwing the ball back to the pitcher. And once he does that, like the clock is on. So I would think, and look, we're all figuring this out together. So I'm admitting I haven't seen enough yet. I've watched two spring training games barely, you know. I would think that the umpire can kind of kill some time. And then before he throws the ball back, like I've even heard the idea, well, the catcher can kill some time. The catcher doesn't have to throw the ball back immediately. You can Mackie Sasser the whole thing where you're like, oh, hold on. About to throw it. About to throw it. About to throw it. Okay, I'm going to throw it. Wait, hold on. I'll get out and throw it. There's gonna be like a three second rule on that. Like if you if you don't throw the ball in three seconds, you get you get a ball. I don't know something ridiculous. <laughs> uh, this is from Michael Ambrose, loyal listener of the Rico and Carton and Roberts. I love both, especially the Rico. That's right. I'll tell Craig that. I have standing room only tickets for the Mets home opener. Do you have any suggestions of places to stand and watch the game at City? Thanks for any input you have. I actually do have advice. The problem is, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this who buy standing room tickets, and they're all going to fight to go to where I tell them to go. I'm just kidding. So I sit in the 300s on the sides outside the club, the Piazza Club. There's like standing room. There's, you know, 
like a table in that last row. I think that's a great view. You try to get as close to behind home plate as you can. You're not on the highest level. And you could kind of see the game from there. Plus, they have TV set up. I think that's a real cool spot to watch the game. Uh, also, in the upper level, kind of the same thing. I, I'm a behind-the-home play kind of guy. So, to me, you could put me upstairs. I'd rather sit upstairs in the upper deck, behind home plate, than field level down the third baseline. To me, it's not even close. I'd rather be behind home plate. So, my answers are always going to be partial to that. If you disagree, totally fine. Like, don't listen to me. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, so, I would say, I'd say it's about three. 25 and higher and then like 312 and lower that are the outskirts of the piazza club and their standing room all the way on those edges and that's where i would try to sit that's my advice or stand not sit stand that's a hot ticket though opening day i was i was looking at it the other day not that i'm going to sell my tickets i'm not but i always am fascinated by the resale market and it is hot. Like, the get-in price for opening day, just to get in, is $110. And then to sit in halfway decent seats is really expensive. So it's a red, red, red hot ticket. Totally get why. I mean, it's opening day 2023, baby. We're excited. This is from Dustin. Close your ears, Pete. This may offend you. I love the pitch clock with a capital L. Oh, wait. No, open your ears, Pete. He's about to defend you. I, okay, I got that wrong. Go. <laughs> I love the pitch clock with a capital L, but you can't argue Hoffman has a terrific point on the playoff implications, umpire discretion, replay implications, etc. Is the guy a moron for not getting back in the box? Maybe, but what if it's close and there's intent? What is the rule? Is it one foot in the box? Is it both feet? Are we really going to have a replay review where we have the clock on one half of the TV and a slow-mo video is foot, and if it made it across the line in time? There is major implications here, and you are naive to think that something very controversial will not happen in the postseason without the batter pitcher being a moron, as you describe. I love the clock, as I said but would wholeheartedly support removing it for the postseason. The game should still move along with the players being used to it for 162. Love the show and the podcast. Keep up the good work. All right. Let's address this. So my interpretations of this, uh, of this eight-second rule is that the batter not only needs to have both feet in the box, he needs to be set. Like, he needs to be ready to have the pitch delivered. I wonder if umpires are going to be a little bit more lenient on that. Like if you're in the box, I don't think your eyes have to be pointed at the pitcher necessarily. I think if you're in the box, that's enough. That's fine. Because what argument I've heard, and it's a fair one, is screw the batter having to get in by eight seconds. The pitcher can pitch. The pitcher can pitch at eight seconds. And if the batter's not in the box, too bad. <laughs> Throw a strike. And I, and I kind of get that. You know, tell the pitcher, you are allowed to pitch at the eight-second mark. It's up to that batter to get in there. And then you've eliminated the automatic strike because it's not an automatic strike. The pitcher has to throw a pitch. I, I also, maybe my word choice is not fair to call someone a moron. Maybe that's a little too harsh. Maybe. 
But I really don't think after 162 games of this that we are going to have playoff implications. I, I just disagree with that. I disagree with this thought that come playoff time, there's going to be miscues. There's not. Like, you want to tell me there'll be some things, there'll be an automatic strike in April, there'll be a violation in May. I think by the time we're talking about October, it's gone. Because I don't think at that point it's going to be that crazy for a pitcher to throw the ball within 15 seconds or for a batter to get in the box by eight seconds. So we, we in fairness to Dustin Hoff and myself, I guess we have to table this. I have to write this down, and we'll see if there's a violation in October. If there is, I'll take my L. And if there isn't, apologize. All of you. Here's the thing, though, and, and, and I appreciate Dustin defending me for the most part because, like, for example, we could sit there. We, this, there's so many different scenarios that you can just – you don't really know that are going to take place. But for, here's one that's stupid. Guy fouls off a couple pitches early on at bat, takes his time out, whatever. Okay, fine. It's a 10-pitch at bat like Mookie Wilson, and it's a really, it's a crunch time situation. He's already used a timeout, but he fouls off for another pitch, and he just mindlessly goes to take a timeout or doesn't get in there, whatever, takes an extra breath. Like these things are – it's like a slip of the brain because you're right. At 162 games, you should have figured this out by now, but – also, you're human too. Like sometimes you're just like, I just need a moment. And it, I know it's, it feels like six seconds enough to get into the box, but maybe you, you just feel like you need to slow it down. And maybe you do ask your timeout and then it'll grant it. What's going to happen then? Like get get in there. Well, you only have one timeout. <laughs> I know, so. but you make, you, you make it sound so simple though. Again, this is not going to really be effective until the playoffs. That 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 is the big thing. The playoffs are going to be the, the big change. That That's what we're going to see at the most, I think. I mean, I, I think that as much as we love the playoffs and it's so intense, I don't think the intensity is going to make you forget what you've just done for 162 games that, that you've just experienced. You know, you had the 11 pitch at bat in the middle of June and it was crazy. And then you got your ass back in the box because you knew I can't have that automatic strike three. We did get a lot of emails about the pitch clock. So that's why I we're, we're still talking about it because I, it resonates with people. I think there's a lot of people that like it. I think most people like it, but there are people who like it, but are bringing up some fair concerns that they have about it. I don't necessarily think the October thing one, I like, I don't, I just don't buy it, but some of the other things I think are completely fair. Uh, Here's what Justin had to say. I agree with all of Evan's takes on the pitch clock. (laughs) What? Pete, it's not like I'm just picking the ones that agree with me. That last well, guy agreed with you. First of all, they like you, okay? It's the Evan Roberts <laughs> podcast, so I understand and respect it, okay? It has nothing to do with that. I agree with all of Evan's takes on the pitch clock. No drama will be lost. The games are too long, and many younger fans find the games boring because there's not enough action. This was a necessary change. I listened to the Rico, and I was curious if you believe the NBA shot clock is a good analogy for the pitch clock. Although a long time ago... I bet when the shot clock was introduced, many thought it would change the game of basketball. But I think we could all agree that the shot clock is necessary as you cannot have teams taking forever to take a shot. Similarly, pitchers should not be able to take forever to throw the ball and batters should not take forever to get ready to hit. The shot clock right above the basket, right in your face, Yet, but yet it's invisible. I think the pitch clock will also become invisible over time. It'll be there, but you won't even notice it. Curious about your thoughts. 
I don't, it's so long ago, the shot clock. It's obviously before our time. I can't tell you what people were thinking. I will say this, and I, I still find this so hard to believe, that the NBA instituted the shot clock, and it took a million years for college basketball to. Like college basketball didn't have a shot clock in the 80s. Think about that. In the early 80s. I, I for one, cannot imagine basketball without a shot clock. I don't think that playing the four corners the way Dean Smith did is necessarily the same as a pitcher taking way too much time in between pitches. Because I think with the shot clock, or in the case of the example I'm using where North Carolina tried to basically never give you another opportunity, they would try to milk as much time as possible, there was a clear advantage to doing that. I don't think pitchers have gained a clear advantage from taking that much time. Like That's not my issue. I think it was just bad for us. I think it was bad for viewers. I think it was bad for even diehard baseball fans like myself. So I don't think it's the same from that regard. Like I don't think there was a competitive edge that we're trying to fix. But in terms of how people reacted to it, maybe. I don't know what basketball fans said or even college basketball fans said when they finally added the shot clock josh writes uh hey guys big fan evan i know you score mets games that you go to any chance you know the team's record when you're in attendance (laughs) do i know the record believe it or not i don't that's one thing i do not keep track of but what i have kept track of is how many games i've been to and how many games I've scored. So I could give you a number. I could actually tell you if I added up my documents. So I'm not doing it on today's Rico. I apologize. We don't want to be on the next Rico. I could tell you the number. And so I don't know if anybody cares. But you know what? Ah, it's the Rico. Whatever. I'll give you the number the next time we do a Rico. The Sunday night into Monday morning podcast. I'll give you the total number of Met games I've scored. I could even give you a number of games I've been to. Is that what he was asking? Games I've been to, right? Not games I've scored. He wants to know. He wants to know the record that w- when you've gone to a game, what is the Mets record? Yeah, that one. I could find out it would take forever because I I have the dates of every game I've been to, but I'd literally have to just go win loss win loss. So that one I can't tell you, but I can tell you how many Met games I've been to. And I think I could tell you how many games I've scored. So those are the two numbers I'll give you on on the next Rico. See, Ev, you think that that's like a ridiculous thing to talk about, but this is why the Rico Bronya has been made for stuff like that. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. 